Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. Hey, I'm so excited to be continuing our Carriers series tonight. Um, This series is all about what it means to be a carrier of the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day life here in 2019 in the Sunshine Coast, wherever you live. How do we as Christians bring the Holy Spirit into the places where we find ourselves? And um, I... um, First, I just want to honor Pastor Paul and Pastor Kate. Um, I would not be up here. I mean, we have some phenomenal, phenomenal leaders and pastors at this church. And honestly, we can, I don't want to take it for granted for a second. Thank you for all that you've invested into my life for the giving, the giving. That's a big thing. And I also honor to my family, which I think I can see over there. G'day. Um, would not be who I am. We, we do the scene in my family. We just wave at each other. I'll, I'll literally, you know, I'll see them. I'll wake up, whatever, and I'll just wave. And they'll wave. And that's how we communicate. We're a strange breathe the pews. Um, But uh, big honor to you. Um, I don't say it enough, but I love you all dearly, and um, I wouldn't be who I am without you. And uh, big honor to my parents. Can we give a round of applause for um, for both groups there? Amazing people. Um, So I was thinking about this message, and um, I was, oh, sorry, could I please grab my water bottle there? I'm going to get thirsty tonight. I've already filling it already. Thank you very much, Pastor Nick. I was, I was thinking about this, this series and about this preach, and it was actually last Sunday, I was in worship, and a song dropped on me, just the song dropped on me. I'm a, I'm a musical kind of guy, I really do love music, and this song that I learned, I don't know how many years ago, I was trying to figure out where I learned tonight, I just can't think of it, um, it just hit my spirit, and um, I think some of us might know what it is, it's, it's a song called, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. Do we know it? Anyone? Yeah? He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. What a great song. If you don't know it, you now do, because that's the whole song, uh, I'm not going to sing it. I'll, um, I'll bless you by not doing that. Um, and then it goes, there's another line that says, he's got you and me brother in his hands. He's got you and me sister in his hands. And my personal favorite line, he's got the itty bitty babies in his hands. I don't know why I like that line. It just, it's funny. It rolls off the tongue. Um, and then it goes, he's got the whole world in his hands. And um, that song just came to me. And as I was here in worship, I, I began to understand the truth of that. You know, as a kid, you hear the songs, you sing it, but it probably doesn't go deeper than, you know, the, the words that you're seeing themselves. But I was sitting there and uh, oh, standing there, sorry, in worship. And I was like, God, you really do have the whole world in your hands, don't you? You really do. And I started to consider what does that mean for my life? You know, what does that mean for our lives as carriers of the Holy Spirit today? How would we act if we really, to the core, 100% believe that God does have the whole world in his hands. Because I believe that God is calling not just us as individuals, but us as a church to be a kind of people that would live that truth, that would live the truth that no matter where I am, no matter what's going on, God does have the whole world in his hands, and I can remain confident in that. And I, I really believe that if we can just grasp a little bit of the truth of that tonight, then man, we're going to go from level to level. God's going to do something great in this place tonight. And um, that really, that's the, the core of my message. It's all based upon that. He's got the whole world in his hands. But are we ready? Are we ready to receive something tonight? Yeah? Are we ready? Cool. I love it. Come on. We're that church. Let's do it. Hey, let me pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that you really, truly do want to pour out something fresh on tonight, God. I just pray that there will be some fresh revelation, God, that you would do something, Lord Jesus. God, we honor you right now. We acknowledge you, God. We acknowledge your presence in this place, Lord God. And we just pray, Lord Father. Um, 
No, we, we thank you. We thank you, God, for what you already have planned to do, God, for our lives, Lord, Father, that will be changed in here, Lord God. I pray mine first, Lord, Father, and all of us, God, because you have a message for all of us, Lord, Father, every single person here. And I just pray, God, that it would move, Lord, Father, and that it would just pierce through, Lord God, every part of us, that we might know the truth, that you are who you are and that you do have the whole world in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, um, if you don't know me, I'm Harrison Pugh, and um, it's pretty good to be a Pugh, I've got to tell you. If you're not a Pugh, I'm sorry. I don't know why it was that way, um, but, you know, just that's what it is. Um, but if you are a Pugh, you know that it's just great. It's so good being a Pugh. You get to be handsome. You get to, you know, be really smart. Um, you get to basically just win at everything. It's just a great time being a Pugh. Sometimes you get uncles um, that work in the aviation industry, and uh, they, they get perks for that, which lets you go on really cheap flight places. It's, it's awesome. Um, sadly, I don't, um, as a pew, have that privilege anymore, but I did. I did have this amazing privilege. I'm just joking, by the way. Um, everyone's blessed in their own way. Um, but back when I was a kid, being a pew, I had this great privilege where I had an uncle in LA who worked, um, well, I still have an uncle in LA, thank God, um, and who still works in the aviation industry. And back in those times, we as a family actually got these awesome perks where we got to go on cheap flights um, with, uh, with Qantas at the time there. And so as a kid, I got to go to America not just once, not just twice, but thrice. And if you're feeling some envy right now, that's just God trying to build your character, okay? So I'll let you deal with that. Um, but I got to go to America tw- um, <laughs> thrice, and uh, I, got some, I got some pictures up on the screen uh, to prove that to you right now. I love these. I went through the old photo albums of my, uh, my family the other night. How good's that? Can I just say, look at that denim jacket. Look how strong I'm rocking that. Man, like, I see a lot of denim jackets here today. You're welcome. I started it. We got proof right there. Um, that's me. That's me at Disneyland saying hi to Buzz. Um, if you see that big Andy guy that um, I think hopefully you know who he is. I'm the guy in between his legs there and uh, that's me looking real nice down, down the bottom there too. Um, and I was, I was just thinking and I was thinking how when you really think about it, I probably can take the credit for making this trip happen because I'm a pretty, like, I, I know back then I was a nagging kid, as kids tend to be, and I'm, I'm sure there was probably times where I was like, Mom, I want to go to America, I want to go to Disneyland. And so, you know, like, Mom, she was great, but, like, when we really come down to it, I was probably the one that made that happen, so I can pat myself on the back and I can just say, great job, me is what a delusional person would say, right? I did not make that happen at all. I've got an amazing family. God bless you, Mom. Thank you so much for taking me on that trip when I was a young boy. Um, I didn't make it happen at all. But, but what, I've, what I stopped to think about this week is that that delusional attitude for myself is so often how I can go about my life. Look at this job that I got myself, this career that I built. Jeez, I'm smart. Aren't I incredible? Look at what I made happen all by myself in my own power. Look at how I had this world in my hands and just made it be this thing that I wanted. Look at, look at this amazing family, this amazing relationship that I have. Man, aren't I great at making this come into existence, making this come to be? I have the world in my hands and I, I merely willed it and it came to be because look at me how great thou art. I am the king, Right? Anyone, is anyone relating to these thoughts that can sometimes come in our minds where, we, where we, we fall into this human way of thinking that it's us who have the world in our hands. It's us who have the power to create whatever we want. And, but the reality is, is that that is just not the truth. That's just not the biblical truth. You know, the reality is, is that as the old song says, he's got the whole world in his hands. 
He's got the whole world in his hands. And, you know, when we realize that, that changes our response to things quite a bit. You know, it's very hard to not be a thankful person when we realize that God's got the whole world in his hands. It's very hard not to be a selfless person when we realize that God's got the whole world in his hands. It's very hard not to be a humble person when we realize that God's got the whole world in his hands. And um, where was I? Um, He's got the whole world in his hands. I, I love, there's this, there's this passage in Job, which the song might have come from, actually, because, um, yeah, I'll, I'll put it up here. Job, uh, chapter 12, verse 7 to 10, it says this. But now ask the beasts to teach you, the birds of the air to tell you, or speak to the earth to instruct you and the fish of the sea to inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of God has done this? In his hand is the soul of every living thing and the life breath of all mortal flesh. In his hand is the soul and life of every living thing. I um there's a there's a verse that in, in Psalms which kind of goes along with this, which I, I relied on this verse for a long time in my life when I was kind of maybe struggling to know if God really was there with me, if he really was there. And um it's Psalm three verse five and it says this I lie down and sleep, I wake again. Why? because the Lord sustains me. See, I didn't put the breath in my lungs. I didn't give myself life. And and not only that, that, that's just like the most basic kind of level of it. Not only did I not create myself, which is the only reason that I am able to do anything, and the same for all of us, we did not create ourselves. If you did, let me know how. I'm very interested. Um, Not only that, but... God didn't just create us, he is actually working and moving in our lives, moving for blessing. And the Bible tells us even for judgment when we need it, God is a good parent who's not afraid to put discipline on because he knows it's for our benefit there. And that's a, that's a biblical truth, which we've got we've to know, we've got to love, we've got to acknowledge. Um, but he really does have the whole world in his hands. And I want to, if we can just go back to that Job scripture for one second, I'm, I'm just going to, I want to just look at one Hebrew word, okay? It's a tiny bit of a detour, but it's going to be very important later on, okay? And it's the word that says life breath at the end there. Now, if you look at the Hebrew, that word is actually the word ruach. Can everyone say it? You're going to kind of like spit at the person next to you when you say it. Ruach. <laughs> that was great. Um, and ruach, is a, it's a bit of a complicated word in the Bible. It doesn't translate so easy. Um, see, it can mean all of three things, and we see in a lot of different instances it means these exact three things. It can mean either breath. For instance, in Genesis, God gave ruach. He put ruach into Adam. He gave breath to his mouth. It can either, or it can mean spirit. So that, that's in the example of God giving his spirit to his people. It's ruach that he was giving there. Or it just can just mean life. It's the life that we have. We have ruach, we have life. Okay. I just want everyone, everyone hold on to that. We're going to go back to that um, in uh, soon. soon. Um, but back to just the fact that God's got the whole world in his hands. That job you've got, when was the last time we gave, gave God glory for it? You know? That, that family that, that's doing well, you know, when was the last time that we acknowledged God's presence in that situation? Or have we fallen into that think, thinking again where it's, no, I made it happen. It was me and my power. Because let me tell you, man, even if it was your power, you wanted God's power there. Can I tell you that? Even if it was your power, I want to be thanking God that his power was there and speaking into existence because we want God's power moving in our lives. And we and it's not, even, it's not even the high moments, but we can even look at the low moments and think, God, things might not be going so well, but I'm going to acknowledge your presence because I know where your presence is. You're working something 
towards the good. See, Romans 10 says that he works for the good of those who love him. And so if I can, as a Christian, know, well, I love you, God, and even if I'm going in a bad moment right now, I know you're working something towards the good. Hey, man, that can change the heart. That can change the perspective. That can give us a godly outlook of how things are. But you might be thinking, this is all great, but uh, aren't we in the Carrier series? How does this relate? To which I would say, hold your horses. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> really, when it comes down to God having the whole world and how this relates to us being carriers of the Holy Spirit, it all hinges on this simple, but yet so mysterious, so complex, so deep word, which we call grace. Grace. Grace is what we're talking about tonight. And I've only got two points tonight, and I, I hope we can, we can take them and they speak to us. My, my two points are this, is that you are a carrier, or we are carriers because of grace, and now we are carriers of His grace. You're a carrier because of His grace, and now you are a carrier of His grace. I think it's so fitting. We sung that song, Grace to Grace, tonight. I might be putting words in the songwriter's mouth right now, but really, that, that's the heart of it, is we go from grace, grace given to us, to grace, giving grace, and not from our strength, not from our spirit, but by His power, by His power. And um, <laughs> I... I love cats a lot, okay? I love cats, like, so much, like, too much. It's weird, okay? I know I'm aware. You don't have to tell me, okay? And um, I've got this cat. He's called Oscar. I think I got a, a photo or two up there. Um, how could you not love that? Like, honestly, how can you not love something like that? He's so cuddly. He looks really overweight in these photos. Should probably stop feeding him. Um, but Oscar is my cat. And, um, but the thing is, is that... I, I love Oscar so much, but to be honest, he actually doesn't do very much to me. Um, like, if I call him, he does not come to me. Like, and he knows I'm talking to him. I see him look up at me like, I know you're talking to me. But I can tell you, I can say, Oscar, come here. He has never, never in the nine years of existence ever come to me when I've called him, okay? I can pick him up, and he might be okay for about one second, maybe half a second, and then he starts kicking, being like, get me down. I don't want this. I might put him on my lap, and he'll stay there for one second until he thinks I've stopped paying attention. He'll just jump straight off. I can pat him. I do this weird thing. I pat him with my foot, okay? I'm just lazy. I can't be bothered bending down. Uh, I pat him with my foot, and every Every time I does it, he just gets his claws out. He's like, you better not be touching me with that foot, boy. I know where that's been, all right? This is what my cat does to me. But you know what? Even though he does all of this, I still love him because he is my cat. See, if it was another cat doing this, a friend's cat, I would probably be like, I don't like that cat. Go away. That's an annoying cat. I'm not hanging out with that cat. We're not friends, okay? But for some reason with Oscar, because he's my cat, it doesn't matter. He could do that every single day, and he does, and I still love him. And now all the parents here are thinking, great, I get the analogy. Wait till you have kids. Look, this is just the stage of life I'm at right now. I've only got cats, okay? So for all the parents, I'm sorry. Um, but I love him, right? Because he's mine. Just as a parent might love their kid because he's theirs. And I love what Revelation 21 verse 3 says. It says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne of God saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. You see, you know what grace is? Grace is us going to God and, and never coming when he says, Come. Grace is God just trying to pick us up and help us out with something and us kicking to struggle away. Grace is, you know, uh, God coming to just give us some affection, to, to pull us close and us just jumping straight away to go to the things of the world and Him still saying, you're my people. 
Him still saying, you are mine and I will love you regardless. I will love you regardless of the fact that it seems like every time I'm getting you, trying to get you to do something which is good for you and good for this world and you have your excuse for not doing that, it doesn't matter. You are my person. You are my person. This is what grace is. And I was trying to think of a story to tell of, of grace, but I realized that grace isn't actually a moment. It's not an event that happens in our life. It's actually the whole thing. But I do remember there was one time where I began to realize that, which is very significant for my life. The, 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 it was 2013. It was just a year before I did Bible college here. And um, I remember it was, it was either April or May or Wednesday night. And I was getting home from uni and I was realizing I'm just going through the motions with church. I'm just going through the motions with, with Christianity. Like, I, I don't really know. I feel like I haven't had an actual connection with you, God, in forever. And so I realized that, and I went home. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go pray. That seems like what you do when you want to find God. Let's try that, you know? So I pray, pray for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, not getting anything. I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe God's outside. I'll go out there. We'll see what I find. So I go for a walk outside. I'm like, maybe he's left. Maybe he's right. I end up turning right. And as I'm walking down my street on the right, I see a church. I'm like, well, God, you're probably there. Let's be honest, you know? That's, that's, that's where you've been um, so far. And I go to this church. I've never been to it in my life. It's a Wednesday night about seven o'clock. And um, it turns out inside of this church there, they're doing a, a teaching on the prodigal son story. And now the, the story of the prodigal son, real shorthand, Jesus tells it um, in all of the gospels. It's about a son who basically goes to his dad and says, give me my inheritance. I'm done with you. You know, like, thanks. Thanks for everything. But you know, you're dead to me now. Just give me my money. I'm going to go do my own thing, live my freedom. He does that, and he just falls into brokenness. Everything goes wrong, and he comes to this point. He's eating, he's eating food with the pigs, and he, he thinks to himself, man, even being a servant in my father's house was better than this, you know? Even just being, being the lowest of low with, back with my dad would be better than the freedom that I've tried to get for myself. And so he goes back to his dad, thinking his dad's going to pull the whip out and be like, how dare you? But his dad, being a dad, who knows that this is his son, that he is his person. He's there waiting out the front with open arms, just thinking, when is he coming home? When is he coming home? And, um, and so he runs home and his dad just sees him from the distance and runs and gives him the biggest hug he's ever had. You know, he's still covered in dirt and slime for the pigs. And he says, my son, my son, you've come home. Let us celebrate. My son who was once lost has now come home. And I remember, oh man, I'm getting like teary just thinking about it because it was the most significant, no, I don't want to say that. It was an amazingly significant moment of my relationship with God. Because like the person, it was just a teaching. There wasn't any fire or, you know, extravagance in what they were saying. They were just going verse by verse of the Bible. But I'm sitting there outside. I wasn't even in the church. I was outside. They had speakers on. I didn't want to be around anyone at that moment. I just hear it and I just start weeping, just weeping because like the, the fire of God burnt inside of me for me to realize that's me. I'm the one. I've been running away from God my whole life. He's been just trying to grab me, trying to grab me day after day after day. And here's me just being like, no, nah, I don't want that. Let me run. Let me do my own thing there. Grace is God saying, no matter that, no matter the fact that every day you've been running, you're still mine. And if you will only come back, I'll take you with open arms. That is grace. And I want to let you know, first and foremost, you are a carrier because of grace. Not because of your works, nothing of that, but because of grace. Ephesians 2 verse, I think 8, says it, says it beautifully, is that we are saved. Let, let, let me make sure I get it perfect. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. Man, what a great gift. The greatest gift. There's nothing greater in life, honestly. There, there really, really isn't. And um, <clears throat> I want to let you know, if, if you have God's grace, then you have His Spirit. 
Um, I love Acts 15, 7 and 9, puts it like, or 8 to 9, puts it like this. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now, do you remember that word I taught you all? What was it? Come on, a bit more effort. I'm a, I'm a music teacher. This is what I do. Come on, put your back into it. Play that, play that chord better. Push harder. Um, ruach, that's what you want. Uh, I'm not even kidding. Like, that's actually it. Um, it means life. It means breath. It means spirit. If God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us, he did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. I... So, so Job says, if we remember that Job verse, it says he holds all ruach in his hands. He holds all life, all breath, all spirit in his hands. And then I love what Zechariah 4, 6 says. It says, so he answered and said to them, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my ruach, by my ruach. See, in this life, it's not actually about trying to do things from your own ruach. Being a Christian is not about trying to lean on your own life, your own breath, your own spirit. It's actually all about working from his life, from his breath, from his spirit. That is the key to being a carrier. It's not about working your way to seeing God outworked in your world. It's about leaning on the fact that if he said he gave you his life, he gave you his breath, he gave you his spirit, then he did give you his life. He did give you his breath. He did give you his spirit. See, it's not by our might or power, but it's by his spirit. It's not by our might or power, but it's by his life that he wants to reach the world around us. It's, it's, a, simple, it's a simple story, but... Um, I, I was, funnily enough, I was in America, and um, I was going to go see um, a band. I was going to go see a gig. The band's called American Football. Um, I couldn't find any of their songs. Every time I YouTubed them, I just kept getting football matches. Um, so I found, I decided to go see them live. Uh, no lie, I remember being like, give me the songs. Um, I went to go see them live. You know, the, it was a great gig, awesome experience. Gig ended about um, midnight, and uh, I get outside, and I'm in America this time. I saw this gig in Hollywood, and when I was in America, God did something mighty on my heart for, for people who were, I guess, homeless, or people who were um, not doing too well in life, that had been kind of kicked to the curb, and God just really, he, he ruined me. I'm a crier. I remember just like reading through, um, reading through Matthew 26, where it says, whatever you did unto the least of these, you did unto me, and me just realizing, man, like, I've, this, is a, this is a mandate on us, and this is a mandate on all of us, you know, to, to reach the quote-unquote lepers of our society, the ones that people don't want to touch. That's, that is our mandate. Um, but I, I'm walking back to my car, and I see this guy there. He's got a Santa hat on because it's like Christmas time, December, and he's like, hey, got a dollar? Um, he probably didn't say that. I'm paraphrasing. But basically, he was asking for money, and so I was like, sure, here's a dollar, here's $5. And I end up having this conversation with him. No lie, it goes to two hours. I remember getting back to my car and being like, flip, it's 2 a.m. Oh, my gosh. I'm tired, um, and had this big, long conversation with him. I was able to share my faith with him um, just from, I guess, talking to him and, and being open to it, and God really opened up the, the avenue for that, and it was kind of like I was sharing my faith, and he was like on the vibe. He was like, bro, that's so good. I love it, you know, but he wasn't really sharing anything particularly about himself. It was more like we were just having a great time talking about God, and then I go, I'm like, all right, I should probably um, go, man. Love talking to you, and as I'm leaving, he stops me, and he's like, bro, like, just wait, just wait. I got to tell you one thing. 
And I'm like, oh, cool. Um, and he tells me that just the previous Sunday, um, in talking to this guy, it was clear that kind of, you know, he had a belief in God, but I could tell, you know, he might not have been following so great with God at that moment. I could tell, but I didn't push it or anything. And he's, as I'm leaving, he's like, just the last Sunday, I actually tried to go to a church. And when I tried to go to that church, someone actually stopped me at the door and said I wasn't allowed in. And they said it was, you know, it's, I, they, I knew it was because they thought I was homeless. But I wasn't going there for, to get money or anything. I just wanted to go to church. And I, I left that. And to be honest, I've been pretty mad at God. And, you know, pretty unsure about this whole God thing after that moment. And he just thanked me. He's like, thank you for giving me some sense of faith again, you know. Thank you for giving me a reason to believe, you know, again. And I'm just there like, whoa, <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. I'm really, 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 really glad, man. That's awesome. I just got to pray with him in that moment there. And I left that place. You know what I thought? I thought, thank God I liked the band American football. Thank God I went to that gig. And you know what I realized is that God actually wants to move through just who you are, through your personality, through the things you like. He actually wants to use his grace through that. God doesn't want to move in your life in spite of who you are. It's not like he's asking you to get rid of everything that makes you you. He actually wants you to be the fullest version of you because it's when you're the fullest you that he can do the greatest work. And um, yeah, I I remember just being blown away. I'm like, man, God, if you can use me by just liking some dumb bands, you know, that's (laughs) who knows what you could do when I I even go even fuller into all that you want for my life there. Um, I just want that to be a word of encouragement. You know, that wasn't my works. That wasn't my spirit. That wasn't my breath or my life making that happen. That was him. That was his Holy Spirit. And you know it's his Holy Spirit when you can walk away and like that's how I knew was that I could walk away and I had no idea. And then it's like what I was saying influenced this man's life. And the thing is we'll never know. We'll never know the seeds we plant. We really will. I could have just as easily walked away and he might not have had the courage to kind of be that open with me at that point there. And that could have easily happened. And I just want that to be a word of encouragement for us all is you don't know what seeds you're planting when you're obedient to the Holy Spirit. That's what it's about. It's all about obedience to the Holy Spirit because you see, the Holy Spirit wants to be like, it wants to be like an infection in us, like an influenza, where it's like we just touch people and they have that grace go into them. See, we were saved by grace, but God actually wants to get that grace out of us. We were saved by grace, but now we get to be vessels of that grace. And we as Christians, we've got a mandate to just be, just to be those, those infected people who we, we just get in contact with someone else and they start to experience the grace of God. But do you know that, how that happens? It's not by resting on us having our world in our hands. It's by us trusting that He has the whole world in His hands. You know that Zechariah scripture? I'm about to get into Revelation, some of even the weird parts of Revelation, but honestly, we should not be scared of the book of Revelation as Christians. I've been reading through it recently, and man, God's just been revealing some powerful, powerful things through it there. Um, but in that, um, in that Zechariah scripture, the not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, just a couple of verses before, um, an angel gives Zechariah a vision, and it says this. It says, um, what do you see? So he shows him a vision, and Zechariah answered, I see a gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on, on it with the seven channels to the lamp. And, and later on, Zechariah like, what did that mean? I saw seven lampstands and seven channels of lamps. And the angel's like, they're the seven spirits in the world. And um, in the book of Revelation, 
John, who wrote Revelation, he kind of, he sort of works on this vision that Zechariah had. And you'll see on the screen behind me, Revelation 4 verse 5 and 5 verse 6. And just follow along with me here, okay? And 4 verse 5 says this, And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And then the next chapter goes on to kind of explain it a bit further. A lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. Okay, let me, let me explain this a bit, because honestly, there's so much power in this um, just this one scripture. Seven in the Bible is the number of completeness. When we see the, the number seven in the Bible, it's, it's almost like a, a signifier, a signifier that this thing is complete. And um, well, the seven eyes is not too hard to kind of work out what that means. It's saying that the lamb has complete vision. Complete vision. When we see the lamb, the lamb is Jesus. Jesus who was slain like a lamb so that we might receive the grace, the forgiveness of God. And um, so it's really simple. He's got seven eyes. He sees everything. Seven horns. What horns signify in the Bible is power. If you have horns, it's power. Power to, to make your own will happen. And so what the Bible says here is that there are seven eyes and seven lambs on our horn. Uh, sorry, seven horns on that lamb. And that those are the seven spirits of God, the complete spirit. And what we can grab from this is that that Holy Spirit which lives in you, it does have seven horns. It does have seven eyes. It does have all the power and all the sight to do all that he wants to do in your life and through your life. And you don't have to strive. You don't have to try add your power on top of it. You don't even have to try add your sight on top of it, looking for the direct people, the direct things which you might do through your life. You can simply, as a believer, trust in the Holy Spirit, lean on him and remember, oh, seven horns, seven eyes. God, it's just you. It's just you. Why, why would I strive? Because you know what? We can either lean on our spirit, or we can lean on his spirit. And I just want to let you know, God wants to reach the world far more than you do. Far more than you do. God wants to unleash his power and his sight into the world around you far more than you ever could. And the question is, is then, how do I get onto his spirit? How do I switch on to what he has put inside of me? And you know what? It's as simple as inviting him in. I, um, I love this. There's this old hymn. It's, it's so powerful. And, um, and if we can just lean onto that grace of God that wants to unleash itself through our lives, it will set our world on fire. It really will. Like, it'll just burn everything in front of you for his glory. It'll burn what's inside of you. It will burn outside of you to see a refined, purified effect of God inside of your world. He really will. It's as simple as inviting him in. And um, I, I, as I was saying, I love this hymn. It's called, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Um, and really, it's kind of the same, it's given the same message as he's got the whole world in his hands, right? Come, thou fount, thou fountain of every blessing, Jesus God. And there's this great verse in it, which uh, I'm going to read it out. It's, it's this. O to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let that goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wonder, <laughs> Come on, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take it, seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Anyone else feel prone to wander? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. You know what a fetter is? A fetter is a chain. It's what the, it's a, particularly a prison chain. It's what they would shackle, if you think of olden time movies, the fetter was what would connect the big ball, you know, the weighty ball and the leg. That's what a fetter is. 
And what, is, what does this song say? Let your goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Nothing can bind us to God except his goodness, except his grace. And we didn't have to earn it. We didn't have to do any of that. It's simply his grace. Simply his grace. Simply our faith saying, Jesus, come and meet me. And that goodness, like a fetter, oh, how easily does it bind our wandering hearts. <laughs> I love the other word in that. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. You know, honestly, it's like we are in debt. God just keeps pouring out good for us, and what have we done in return? But you know what? He's not keeping record. He's not. He's not keeping books of those who he said you were mine. And I just thought tonight, really, the one thing I really just felt to remind us as a church is that he doesn't just have the whole world in his hands. He's got you in his hands. He does. He really does. Even if you don't know him yet, he's got you in his hands. Like it or not. You can either lean on that or, or keep being like all of us, really. Even, even us who have accepted him, we, we still push sometimes, don't we? We still wander our hearts away. But you know what? I just feel like there's a new day in front of us as a church. I feel like there's a new day just leaning on the grace of God. I'm not just saying that. I'm not just trying to build some hype. But, you know, the Spirit of God, He is powerful. They're not just powerful, but all powerful. Seven horns. He is all seeing. He knows exactly what you're going through, every single thing. He's got seven eyes. And you know what? He doesn't just want to work in you, church. He actually wants to work through you.